All right, welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have the president of the UFC, the trailblazer through the pandemic, and just two days before one of the biggest fights in UFC history, UFC 254 going down this Saturday or Sunday, depending on where you're at. Uh, Habib versus Gaethje. It's going to be an incredible event. Uh, I'm so fortunate enough to get Dana this late. It's two days before the event, and uh, I'm so gracious he's giving me his time and, and doing this podcast for me again. So let's talk to Dana. Dana, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me, brother. You know, you know how I like to say welcome back. I like that back part because you were on the show before. I had to, I had to definitely get that squeezed in there. <laughs> <laughs> how's your place doing man how's your business how's everything going out there good i mean it's not good as far as like the business i mean it's like the everything has been going good up until the pandemic but obviously we have no customers but that's everybody's story man that's yeah literally when people tell me all oh, the pandemic this that everybody's story is everybody's being affected by the pandemic well thailand decided to uh not let tourists in, which is 100% of our business. And then they decided to kick out the tourists that were already in last month. So it's very limited amount of tourists that are here that have special visas. So we have like the least amount of customers. But, you know, up until that point, we were doing really good. And I'm staying positive, working hard, doing a lot of podcasts. Uh, you know, I, I fixed the business as much as I could. And, and we've, we've spent this time as best we possibly could. So you know, sometimes when, when things like this happen, you can take advantage of it and, and, and make the best of it. And that's what we're trying to do. Yep. That's all you can do, man. You got to, these are the times where you got to dig deep and you got to fight harder than you've ever fought before. You know, yeah. you can't fucking roll over and, and, uh, and just let circumstances control your fucking destiny. Yeah. Yeah, and look, 62 podcasts later, I finally got you back on. You, you know, your your requirement was a little tough, but I got it done, and uh, I got you back on. ago. I'll, I'll do your podcast every weekend if you want to. You said, fix the set. It was shitty, and like, get your shit revamped, and then I'll come back on, and so I did that. So here you are, sir. I almost, I swear to God, right when we started, I was going to tell you, your set looks good. You didn't like the first set. I had to change everything. I'm like, all right, I got to change the set. I got to restructure it to where it's one-on-one, do it the way I want to do it, 60 episodes, and then I'll get Dan on. And then and then he'll be proud of me this time. He won't make fun of me the whole time. <laughs> That's funny. So so how is this going, man? How is this thing trending? I know yesterday at the weigh-ins, you said that you didn't know for sure, but are we going to break records with this thing or what? Listen, all the numbers are pointing to yes. So right now, it is... Hold on. It is uh, 6.55 a.m. in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. So in a few hours, I'll have some some updated info on what's going on. But but this thing is trending off the charts on social media. What, what was some of the stuff, Lene, on social? Oh, you got Oh, you're the best. Well, this is, is this the one from yesterday? The yeah. ones you were showing me today? Yeah. The stuff that you were showing me today. Like yesterday. Let me, let me put it to you this way. I, I have 5 million followers on Instagram, right? Right. When I did the uh, when, when when I posted the cold open, did you see the cold open? I'm Unbelievable! Like, well, you text I text you and I was like, that was the craziest opening ever. Is hair raising is what I said. <laughs> it was crazy. It's over two million views. Yeah. I have five million followers. It's over two million views. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a massive number for my thing. Yesterday when I posted the uh, the, the 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 way uh, the stare down from my view, you know that that one. Yep. It's over a million. Yeah. It's, oh, it's one point two million crazy that was fucking yesterday at this time 1.2 million people have watched it plus it's everywhere yeah it's all over the media it's all, all over everybody else and mine did 1.2 million 
UFC put it up yesterday. In 30 minutes, it had a million views. Shit. In 30 minutes. That's crazy. It's fucking bananas, man. This thing is off the charts. And then Instagram media face off on real is at 8 million viewers in 24 hours. That's crazy. 8 million in 24 hours. It's the number five most viewed reel on UFC's Instagram. It's the number one, uh, number two top five weigh-in face-offs. It's already number two at, at, at 10.3 million, and it just happened. And not even a crazy one. It's not like these guys were, like, throwing chairs and shit. Exactly. No, complete respect between the guys and and, and everything. Facebook, the full presser on Facebook. Think about this, the full already. This was this was media day. Yeah. Right. The full presser did four million views. Wow. Holy shit. Right. That's incredible. Four million fucking views for the for the press conference. And this is already. This is now. This is already. What is it? Twenty four hours. Yeah. Twenty four hours. That's so crazy. Four million views. That's incredible. It's inc- and in the middle of a pandemic. Nine times better than any other post, just in the past twenty two hours. And this is in the middle of a pandemic when everybody's panicking, freaking out, and like the world is shut down. It's crazy. Yeah, this is a fight, man. This this fight, everything about it's big. Everything about it feels big. And and just the numbers that are coming in are off the charts. I just wanted to say, you know, I've told you before, but I'm I'm so proud of what you've done. And like, you know, before I get into this really fast, how bad was the negative publicity or not publicity, but just the, the negativity to you? We've seen, you know, our, our side of it from the outside, but how bad did people bash you for wanting to go forward and do this thing? It's fucking indescribable. It's indescribable I would assume. how fucking bad the negativity was. And you know me, man, I got a little something, something for these motherfuckers uh, <laughs> at the end of this year that I've been building and putting together and I can't fucking wait. You a hint? Can we have a little hint? Just something? Uh, I'm going to fucking... Let me tell you what. The media the media had their shot. They had their time and got all their shots in. Mine's coming. Good. Good. It feels good to do that, right? <laughs> this is what I'm all about. This is yeah. what I live for. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing better than proving these pussies wrong. Yeah. I love it. I agree with you 100%. And like, I want to go back just a little bit because like to explain to people what, you know, when I was on the Ultimate Fighter, I'm so honored to have been on part of the Ultimate Fighter, which was kind of that first eye-opening experience that people got to see us as real fighters and intellectual people and not just this misconception of of beefhead fighters that fight on the street. So I feel like we we sort of opened the door and started showing people who we were, but we never really like being a fighter and going through what I I go through every day or every or what I went through every fight camp and what I went through to be a fighter uh, leading up to the fight, the 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 pressure, the 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 stuff outside the the you know the fight and and the camp and the camp itself. It never showed that you know it never really showed how tough fighters really were, but it did show enough to get the audience in and and to bring people in and show that we were real people what you've done is you've opened that door when this pandemic hit and you you faced it face on and then and then you fought it and 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 went through it and not only did you succeed to put on events but you showed what fighters are really made of you showed what the fighters in in the sport are really made of what they really have even going through weeks and months without their family, even going through all this like uh, testing, uh, flying around the world to, to Yoss Island, to Fight Island, 
um, you know, all these confinements and quarantines and like they get in the octagon. And when we watch these shows at Fight Island and at the Apex, it's no different than when we watch these shows before the pandemic. These guys are performing at their best. And this is with like less camps than they had, less training partners, you know, uh, you know, more problems, more things coming into the to the picture, and it's truly showing what us fighters were. I mean, I'm, I was a fighter five years ago, but it's showing what these fighters are, and, and these fighters of today aren't different than the fighters of before. This is what fighters are. They're alpha badass motherfuckers, and you're you're showing that finally. Like they're coming and they're going through all this and going out there and putting on these fights, putting on these performances, and it's like it's really separating us as athletes and, and fighters as athletes from everybody else, I think. So when this pandemic hit, there, there were, there were things that I knew for certain. Number one, I knew that I would figure it out and I would spend whatever it would cost to make this work. I knew my employees are a bunch of fucking savages just like me and they would go. And I absolutely positively knew the fighters would fight. So that's why I was so arrogant about being first and that we would be the first sport back. And we just talked about the amount of negativity that I got from the media was, was unbelievable. But one of the things that I had pointed out to everybody that is absolutely true is if you look at these people, look at them, read a story, then Google the guy's name and look at them. Mm -hmm. They are the weakest human beings on the fucking planet. What would you expect from these people? What they write about and, and, and trying to instill fear in everybody is exactly what you would expect from this weak looking human being. Right. Okay. Absolutely. That's how I look at the media. They're the weak. And the other thing is when you look at the media, what have they ever done? What have they ever accomplished? What have they ever risked? Have they ever put up their own money to build something? Have they ever, has anybody ever depended on a paycheck from these people? No. All they do is sit around and criticize people who are actually really doing things. They, they, they I, I just, I, I, have, I have completely lost all faith in the media. Everything you read is bullshit. Yeah. None of it is true. Um, and I think that I've proved that over the last several months, you know, they want to keep you in fear and hiding in your house. And for whatever reason, I don't know what yeah. the reason is. Um, but that's all they do. They're, they're like, they're fear mongers. They're selling fear and clickbait and bullshit. Don't listen to anything the media tells you to do personally or professionally. They're all full of shit and they're all nobodies. They're all a bunch of fucking nobodies who have never done anything in their entire fucking life. Most of them aren't even real journalists. They're guys who ponied up enough money to start a fucking website. Yeah. And, and you know, I wanted to bring you on and say this, what I just said. Uh, it, hopefully it came out correctly. But I wanted to do that because how many times have you heard a story from the, from the MMA media, like, like giving credit to these fighters for doing what they're doing? Like, I, I've been watching these declassified uh, Fight Island series that you put out on ESPN and, and, and all the stuff that's go that these fighters are going through in order to put these fights on and look the same when they get out there. They're, they're putting on the same entertaining performances, if not better. Uh, they're, they're, they're living up to, to standards and substandard conditions. How many articles has the MMA world put out you know, giving these guys credit and, and, and giving you or giving UFC credit? How many? It, none. 
that's why I wanted to get you on here and say that in the beginning because it's like I haven't seen it anywhere. It's always controversy. It's always this crazy shit. And these fighters deserve respect. We're, we're separating ourselves, and I keep including myself as fighters because I see myself as one. But, but fighters are separating themselves as, as different from the pack, and, and nobody's taking acknowledgement to that. The, you've gotten your credit, but not enough, and the UFC has gotten credit, but not enough. But the fighters have gotten hardly any credit for what they're doing and what they're going through, and it's crazy to me. You know what? All of our credit comes in success. Um, you know, everything is up right now. You see all these other sports, the numbers are down, this, that. Yep. We're going like this. So a lot of these kids that fought and did what they, you know, did through the pandemic have become known. Some have been incredibly famous. Yeah. Hamzat Shamayev. The guy had 30,000 followers. He fought twice back to back and did his thing. The kid has almost a million followers. Buckley pulls off the, uh, you know, the most viral thing that's ever happened in the UFC. Um, the president called me about the Buckley knockout. Oh, wow. Um, the president said, how did you think Holly Holm looked? She looked incredible. She looked like she, you know, she's reborn. Um, you know, I, I mean, we were just talking about this before I got in. World leaders. World leaders are watching these fights and, and, and interested in what these guys are doing. So, and, and all the, let me tell you how much, the media matters this much. You, you, get, you get tired of hearing the negative, stupid shit that they talk, but at the end of the day, they really don't matter. Look at how many of them worked against me to try to make sure that this fight didn't happen and that I wasn't able to go through the pandemic. Didn't work. I'm still here. And, and, and our sport is actually bigger than it's ever been. And we're going to end with a record year. We've got a record-breaking event possibly this weekend. Yep. And the list goes on and on, despite all their fucking bullshit. And what it really boils down to is they don't fucking matter. Yeah. So let them write whatever they want to write. Let them say whatever they want to say. And, you know, do all your, all your goofy shit that you do. You, you, you people literally don't even fucking matter. You know, going back to the, the the thing with the president as well, um, I know you say that, that that presidents have done stuff. What? How many presidents have acknowledged? I mean, how celebrities have given presidents money in the past and funded their campaigns, and they've donated to them, they've supported them. How many presidents until now have we seen taking so much time during an election and when all cameras are on them? to actually talk about the stars and the celebrities of the UFC that you put in front of them with, with Masvidal and, and Kobe and all of them. How many presidents have done that, have taken so much time to like actually talk about them? And it's incredible to see. I saw, obviously, uh, Masvidal waiting outside pres uh, 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 his, his plane, <laughs> Air Force One, and, and to meet him and stuff. That's incredible. Like That's incredible. And how many presidents have done that in the history with any celebrity? I've said it before, and I'll say it again. The, the the president, President Trump is an incredibly loyal friend. He's been, an, he's been a, such a good guy to me for 20 years. I, I can't even express to you what a, what a good guy he's been. When he gives you his word, it's gold. Um, and he and I actually, since 2016, we've become better friends um, since he's become the president. And, uh, I, I, you know, you see all this negative stuff about him and you have all these people right now who have their, you know, their idea of who this guy is. You've known me for a long time, man. I, I don't, I, I don't fuck around with people 
that aren't good people, and I, I don't have time for that kind of stuff. This guy's this guy's as solid as they come. He's a good guy. Is he watching this weekend? Is he excited about this fight? Yeah, yeah. He's, he watches all the fights, man. He's a huge, not just MMA. He's a huge fight fan. Period. That's crazy. He and I and I and I go to dinner and we argue over the best Rocky movie. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff we talk about. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I got Rocky three. He claims Rocky four. That's crazy. The rest of the world, the rest of the world thinks Rocky won. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to thank our sponsors really fast. Our first is Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. The best below-the-waist groomer and product on the market by far. If you want to save 20%, go to manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, enter code QUICK, and you get 20% discount and free shipping to your door. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. You can go to akathailand.com for all information. We are still doing the 30% reopen special, and it's coming soon, guys. We are going to reopen uh, the, the borders here in Thailand anytime now. Um, I don't know the exact time, the exact date, but they're already lowering the quarantine uh, to get people in, so it's going to happen really fast. So we're still honoring the 30% pre-sale discount on the website right now. Uh, if you have any questions, go to info at akthailand.com. We'll answer any questions that you have. We'll get anything booked that you need. Uh, we can even start you up with a uh, six-month visa, a 12-month visa. We're an official school in Thailand, so we can set all that up for you. Info at akthailand.com. I'll see you soon. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. you guys i know everybody wants to go to thailand because thailand's so cool but you can't come to thailand without coming to aka thailand come on how let me get back to this real fast with with, with habib and everything how famous because i know you're mentioning that during the weigh-ins and stuff how fame how, like like how can you kind of display to the world how famous Habib is right now on a level of celebrity and like I mean obviously Connor was the first one to be the the mega superstar now you got Habib coming up now like where is he at in, on on that that level of fame yeah well, well we've had coverage for this fight in 50 countries around the world 23 billion impressions I mean That's think crazy. of that 23 That's billion a lot of impressions. impressions throughout 50 countries in the world you know, and, and, and if when they break that down and they, they can calculate media value, it's like seven hundred million dollars in, in, in media value. That's how famous this kid is. 
Yeah, and then and he was just recently on the podcast, and he had mentioned that he wasn't going to fight Connor. Well, I know initially he shot down the idea of fighting Connor, and he shot down the idea of being on the Ultimate Fighter with Connor. And then he said on my podcast that he wouldn't fight him unless it was at 155. It just didn't make any sense to fight him in any other weight class. I think you share the same opinion. Obviously, you're going to have to get this fight done at 155 with Poirier. Um, if you know, and I say if, taking no disrespect away from Gaethje or uh, obviously. Uh, Poirier, but if he does beat Poirier, are we back in to possibly having an ultimate fighter with 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 uh, Habib and Connor, or are we still have, not even close to something like that right listen, now? Listen, I had him there, I had him there, and then Connor came out and did all that shit where he posted the DM and talking about fighting Diego Sanchez and you know all, all that shit, and then Habib was just like, "Fuck him, yeah, nobody needs this guy. I don't need him. He doesn't matter." Blah blah blah, and and and. Uh, you know, the whole fight fell apart after Connor did that. He seems super interested in this fight, though. He's he's making a lot of posts, and like he just recently made a post like today or something about illegally kneeing Habib in the head and the eye or something, and laughing about it and shouting out what? to you. He, he did what? He made a post today uh, on Twitter showing the video of him illegally kneeing uh, Habib in the eye from the bottom. And, and saying that it was illegal and kind of laughing and joking about it. And then he made another post on a jet ski behind him. He seems very into this fight. Like, he's definitely, he's definitely into it. There's a reason why he's, he's doing these things. Like you said, you know, he plays games and stuff. He, he's, definitely, he's definitely wanting to fight. So, I mean, obviously, he's trying to get back in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I know at one point, you know, it was important for Connor to get the rematch against Habib. Um, you know, I don't know where he sits on that now. I don't, I don't know where his head is with that. Um, you know, we're, we're listen. With all the crazy shit that's going on right now, I'm I'm trying to get through Saturday. Yeah. Um, get home and then figure out what's next. It's been it's been it's been a pretty crazy year. Is it safe to say that Habib will get the if he beats Gaethje again? I go back to beating Gaethje. If he does beat Gaethje, can we safely say that he'll get that top spot at pound for pound? Because that's been bothering me for so long. <laughs> He's not yeah. at the top. I mean, he hasn't lost but one round. Yeah. Listen, that's not up to me. It's, it's up to the media, but yeah, if he beats Gaethje, he's the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world right now. He's in his prime. He's on top of the world. He's the world champion. There's no doubt he is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Can I ask you a couple other questions just leading uh, a little bit away from UFC 254? Yeah, whatever you want. Cool. Okay, so like with Habib, if he does, well, it still has to do with Habib, obviously, but if he beats Gaethje again, again, no disrespect to Gaethje, but if he beats Gaethje, obviously you're looking for another fight for him. Would you rather see him fight someone like GSP coming back or would you rather do another kind of uh, world tour exhibition, or not exhibition, but a world tour type like Floyd Mayweather mixed rules kind of fight situation? Because obviously he's expressed interest in Floyd and in GSP. The, the boxing thing can't really happen structurally, uh, heads up, you know, boxing. What interests you more and what would you rather do considering that GSP, you know, is where he is in his career? I think right now, I mean, when you talk about him being the greatest 55 pounder ever, He's beat Poirier, he's beat McGregor, he's beat a bunch of the other guys in, in, in that division to get to where he is now. Um, I think you look at like Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson, those two fight for a number one contender spot. Um, you know, he hasn't fought either one of those guys. So right. still that, you know, that's there. And then, and then I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how Saturday night plays out and then we'll go from there. 
you know, obviously Islam got knocked off the card and didn't didn't have a chance to fight. Habib said on the podcast that you were going to say uh, or give him an announcement maybe in a couple of days. Is there anything on that that you can officially announce as far as Islam getting an opponent yet, or, or is that still being worked on? No, so Islam will go to Vegas. He'll fight, and he will uh, he'll go to he'll he'll fight, and 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 uh, he'll be a main event in Vegas on one of those cards. Right. Well, that's good. I mean, that, that's he'll, he'll definitely uh, he'll definitely enjoy that, and he deserves it. He's an absolute beast. I can tell you uh, straight up. Um, and going back to Hamza, you know, nowadays when guys say crazy things, like it happens. I mean, you get guys like Habib saying he's going to smash people. He smashes people. You say, you know, you get Connor saying he's going to be the, the face of the sport. He becomes the face of the sport. So when this, when this guy talks about, I'm going to fight every month, you have to believe there's a possibility this guy's going to try to fight every month. What are the regular fight every month? The hard part is finding somebody that will fight him every month. That's the problem. Well, what are the regulatory guidelines like for like how many how many times can he fight a year if he wants to do that? Like how, how is there is there regulations or can he fight as many times as you find opponents? Yeah. I mean, especially the way he wins. Yeah, he could fight you fight uh you could fight Saturday and Sunday the way that he wins. And is there anybody in the works right now? I mean, I know that Neil Magny kind of threw his hat out there and and there's a lot of people in the works right now. <clears throat> Most of them have said no. So, right. yeah, but Neil Mag, like I told you, he's the only guy that's kind of said yes then, huh? 100% stepped right up and said, I'll take the fight. The only guy. In your opinion, <laughs> just in your opinion, if this fight, if one of these fights had to happen, would it be harder for you to put together a John Jones and Ganu fight or a style bender John Jones fight? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm putting, know the you, on, I'm putting you on the that. spot on this one. That's not an easy one, but I just, I'm just curious because of all the talk between them. What do you think would be the hardest fight to actually make if you had to make it say in like two months? Well, John Jones, you know, John Jones really isn't fighting right now. Like people, what's hilarious is I have a roster of, of 600 and something fighters, right? Yeah. All anybody wants to ask me about is Conor McGregor, who is retired, John Jones, who says he isn't fighting. And Henry Cejudo, who retired. Those are those are the three people people want to talk about when I have a roster of six hundred and something fighters. Well, you got Stylebender just going off on him every day, so you think it's a possibility. Uh, well, you know, John Jones isn't fighting right now. He's yeah, just, that's that fighting. too. <laughs> that's that's true he too. Belt. Yeah. What? It, so what about what about Anderson Silva then? He's fighting Uriah Hall coming up. Is this gonna be his last fight? Because I had a, a a podcast. I thought it was gonna be his last fight. I had a podcast with Noguera. Uh, last night or night before last, and he said that he didn't think Anderson Silva was going to stop fighting. He thought he was going to continue on. What, what, what's your take on that? We have a deal. So he is, he is going to. This is going to be his final fight then. Yep. And what do you think about that? I mean, he's done. He was a legend d during my era. So I mean, I have all the respect in the world for him. I do too, and I think it's the right move for this to be his last fight. I mean, he's like forty-five years old. Yeah. So that's so that's it then. This is it. This is, this is where people are going to see the last the last of the spider. Exactly. Man, good luck. Good luck for the fight this weekend. I appreciate you taking the time out for doing the podcast. It was great catching up with you. Blockbuster card. I mean, the co-main event's amazing too. I mean, that's going to be a crazy card that's going to, that's going to answer a lot of questions as well, especially with uh, Stylebender. And I bumped into Javier Mendez yesterday at the, uh, at the press conference. Yeah. He could not stop bragging about you and how proud he is of you and all the things that you've accomplished since you stopped fighting. And, and uh, literally, it got, we were walking and, and, he, and he was just talking about you nonstop. And it got to the point where I had to walk over to the podium to, 
to uh, start the press conference, but he just couldn't say enough good things about you. So That's congrats really nice. on all your success and uh, keep kicking ass, Mike. That's really nice, man. Thanks a lot. And I appreciate you taking the time out. You always have. And, uh, and I know you're super busy right now and I appreciate you giving me this interview so late and, and so close to the fight. And I, I hope it becomes one of the biggest, uh, biggest cards of the year and, and maybe ever. And uh, I wish you all the luck. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dana. Take care, Mike. All right, brother. All right, there we go. Dana White, president of the UFC, an absolute trailblazer during this pandemic, putting on, I don't think he's put on like 30 shows, 30, 32 shows, something like that. Um, It's incredible. It's incredible. So I'm so proud and honored to be a part of, uh, or my career to to have been a part of the UFC and and Dana front running and, and watching it now and watching the fighters do what they're doing and and, and just continuing on. It's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. Uh, happy fan. I'm a happy fan right now. And I'm happy to do these podcasts as well. It was an honor to be able to get a, a podcast with Dana so close to the fight just two days away. I think it's going to be a banger of a fight. It's an, a stacked card. Um, can't wait to watch it. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you have any questions, leave them on uh, YouTube, leave a comment, let us know what you think. We love the support. We love the feedback. We appreciate you all. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.